Hi, I'm Jess, co-host of the Elder Tree podcast and herbalist at Evans Head Naturopathy. You're listening to the Self-Care with Herbs segment, where each month I invite a new guest to chat about how weaving plants into their days enriches their experience of self-care, exploring routines, rituals and recipes for elevating mind, body and spirit. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you've joined me. Today, I'm chatting with Sue Daly, a naturopath of 25 years with a wealth of experience and a background in education. Her passion is herbal medicine and she's recently released Sappho, a divine skincare range featuring healing botanicals. During our chat, Sue shares how a love of spending time in nature as a young child led to a calling to complete a home remedy herbal medicine course when her children were young. Through this course, she felt empowered to care for her young family, which sparked a passion and led to further study. Sue experienced her first introduction to root cause medicine when her daughter was being supported by a local herbalist. This was a light bulb moment. Sue spent her formative years as a naturopath in the iconic traditional medicinals in the northern rivers of New South Wales, before opening her own practice, the Bangalore Naturopath, and finally settling in Iluka as the Herb Woman, where she practices and creates her beautiful skincare range. Sue believes that self-care is keeping yourself well enough to be able to do all the things you need to do. She believes it's about setting healthy boundaries and finding balance, both of which we discuss in depth. Sue's a bit of a doer and confesses to often being drawn to staying up late, researching or creating art. She's known for burning the candle at both ends. We chat about how it took a loud message from the universe and her body for Sue to ask, why have I landed here again? Sometimes it's from these moments that the most growth occurs. Sue's most recent passion is using herbs topically for self-care. We delve into the birth of her gorgeous Sappho skincare range, as well as the beautiful simplicity of herbal-infused oils. Sue describes the most nourishing morning ritual, which allows her to enter an almost meditative state. We chat about how the benefits of self-care really start to flow as soon as we make the decision to honour ourselves, before we even make any changes, allowing ourselves to flow into a state of receiving. Our conversation weaves and flows into many places. We touch on how we support our clients, the beauty of drop dosing, the benefits of getting to know a couple of herbs really well, and the one herb we reach for to support women in all phases of life. Sue is such a wise woman, and she generously shares so much during this interview. I promise you're going to love it. Hi Sue, we're sitting here together in your beautiful clinic and dispensary, surrounded by your beautiful herbal allies. I can see liquid herbs on the shelf, I can see your beautiful skincare range and there's plants everywhere and I just feel surrounded by the plant medicine. I'm excited to have a chat with you this morning. Thanks Jess, lovely for you to be here. Yeah, it's really lovely. We're talking all about self-care today, but before we dive into that element, I'd really love to hear about how your relationship with plant medicine began. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have learnt from you as a teacher, so I know a little bit about your background, but I'd really love to hear about how that first spark came about for you. Mm. Well, I think as a kid, I used to play around. I used to like to 
play games with family you know you're doing sort of play medicine and hospitals and things like I remember we used to mix things up with plants and sand and that kind of thing that was my first sort of memory and I didn't think much about that until in my 20s a course came out that caught my eye and it was through the Queensland Institute of Natural Health and they put a course which was herbal medicine for the home and I don't know why but I had to do that course and it arrived in all its packaging and you had to send your assignments back but it was very hands-on and oh my god it opened up my world I was so excited about doing this because it was initially all about the plants and the actions of plants but then we went into you know the teas and infusions and decoctions and how to make creams and oh I just thought this was amazing Um, and I just put it down to just something that I could do for myself in the background and then you know again that was something that was in the back of my mind and I did and then it wasn't really until I had my children again um, I saw a course in the local newspaper and it it was about a a herbal medicine course and again the same reaction to the Quinn's course it was like oh, I just have to do this and my mother at the time who'd come to visit said to me I haven't seen you so excited about anything in so long I said look you know I can't do it I've got the kids now at home I had been teaching and I'd sort of resigned from that at the point in time and I just didn't see financially how it would work She went home to Gosford, two hours away, and she rang me up and she said, I've spoken to your father, if you want to do that course, the cheque's here, come and get it. I got straight in the car and got it and did the course with um, at Newcastle College of Herbal Medicine and that's where it started and I've loved it ever since. Yeah, it sounds like it was a real calling for you. Oh, definitely. I just, that was the thing that just made me so excited and Mm. still does. Mm. Mm. So quite early on having that really lovely relationship with the plants in the garden and then just feeling that calling to do those two courses. Yeah, definitely. Jumped right in. So tell us about where you, where your journey went from um, finishing off that course at the Newcastle College. Um, from Newcastle College, I had to come up. By that stage, we were moving up north. And in my clinic year, I was pretty much commuting between Newcastle and the Northern Rivers in Bangalore to finish it. And, you know, everyone said, oh, you may just let it go, let it go. But I then found um, some herbalists in Lismore, and a lot of people would know Trish and Steph so Trish Clough and Stephanie Willisie that had um, trad med in Lismore and they agreed to put me under their wing while I finished off my client cases and I'd go in there and you know ask them for you know would this be okay if I did this and and at the end of that you know I finished that off got my um, you know my papers and then they just something came up for a job I think it was a full-time job I didn't get it but they looked at me and they said we'd like to have you on as a casual so I started going in there probably a Saturday morning and then it got to be two days then three and then four and then I was at uh, traditional medicinals for quite a few years before I launched into my own dispensary in Melbourne. Yeah and so take us back to before the formal study with Newcastle College that first foray into that um, home remedy course did that 
come into the way that you cared for your kids when they were born? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, I was making for my kids, I was making syrups and I was mm-hmm. making creams and also because of that background, initially when my children got sick, you know, my husband said to me, oh, no, we're not messing around with them, we're taking them to, to the doctors. It got to the point and I said, I'm not messing around with them. I'm taking them to a herbalist. And um, I had a lovely herbalist in Newcastle that every time one of my daughters got a cough or a cold, um, she'd make a really good tonic. And uh, one day she said to me, are you going to get to the cause of this? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm here with you. And she said, no, we're, we're remedying the situation and the symptoms. But she said, I think you need to find out why, particularly one daughter was getting sick all the time. She was quite colicky as a baby. Mm. And she sent me off to get some allergy tests done with my first daughter, Bo. And it was obvious that she was sensitive to dairy products. And so I took Bo, Bo by that stage was three. I took her off dairy products. I'd been dabbling with it. I knew a little bit about that, but I didn't realise this, you know, the necessity to be really quite clear and strong in you know in enforcing it and it made an absolute difference to her life Mm. to my life and it was how do people not know this how do people not see that relation to nutrition and and health and that to me probably was like a a mind-boggling event yeah very much so and that's around the time that that course came up Mm -hmm. And I just knew that that needed mm. to be, I needed to do that. Mm. So, yeah. so that initial um, home remedy course really helped you to feel empowered to be able to care for the kids. Yes, it and did. Seeing, and, yes. Yeah, seeing the herbalist helped you to understand that we don't just put a Band-Aid on. Exactly. You've got to go back and find that root cause. Yes, and but yeah. at the same time, the, the tinctures that she put the girls on, particularly Bo on, were fantastic. You know, like there was instant soothing and... You know, like a, a child that I'd had up all night coughing and crying and tired and couldn't sleep. Suddenly, I can remember one day I just took Bo to her and said, help, handed her over. <laughs> and she made a um, tonic up. And pretty much we gave her this tonic and she just, you could see her relax. And we laid her down. It was Anne at the time, laid her down on the bed and she went to sleep. <laughs> God, this is magic. Oh wow. <laughs> this child that had been up all night coughing and you hadn't been able to see oh. her and, and and you know as a mother how anxious you get when you can't find an adequate solution. And I was given other options. Mm. Um, you know, from orthodox medicine and it just didn't help you know it wasn't Mm. really doing what I needed it to do so that Mm. was Mm. taking away probably taking away the symptoms but not helping oh definitely yes suppressing yeah so um, I know that you've been practicing for a lot of years now and also that you've taught as well um, both herbal medicine and um, in schools and I imagine that you've supported both yourself through some times where self-care has been really important but also imagine you've provided numerous clients with many many different ways um, for them to to bring self-care to the fore so I was wondering you know what what is what does self-care mean to you I think self-care is keeping yourself well enough to be able to perform all the things you need to do both in your job and in your lifestyle so you know to be able to exercise to be able to socialize to be able to do your job you know functioning 
um, all of those things, you know, so in order to do that, you know, keeping up routines like I um, walk daily, I do yoga, I've got a few um, sports that I do, I'll um, make sure I'll get a massage every now and again, I will take a long bath with Epsom salts, mm. all those kinds of things. But I think the most important thing for me about self-care, and this has been a huge learning journey for me, is setting healthy boundaries. Mm. And I think as a practitioner, that's important, but it is for a mother, it is in friendships, because as a practitioner particularly, I know when I first started this, I wanted to jump in and help everybody. Not everybody wants your help. And not only that, if they do, it's at what point do you stand back and let them become empowered. And then there's the everyday people around you that may or may that may also need your help and it's at what point do you say no Mm. and not get involved in and I think that boundary setting Mm. is really important for self-care because you can get lost in other people Mm. Mm. and especially I think in caring professions which we're both in where the instinct Mm. is to not put on our first oxygen our own Mm -hmm. oxygen mask first but to you know, help who whoever is asking for our help, no matter what state we're in. Yes. So as you said, having those healthy boundaries is important for us, but also improves the way that we are able to care for others that are seeking out our help. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I had um, uh, a close friend that, you know, back when I had studied iridology and I'd sort of using my friends and family as guinea pigs, saying, oh, my goodness, I think you've got candida. And, you know, her saying, well, you know, what should, you know, what do you think? And I'm saying, it was explaining how that would affect the bowel. And she'd had quite a, an ongoing history of, um, of a nervous bowel and, and kind of continually rubbing, you know, her, her stomach to sort of try and, you know, keep this, you know, reduce the severity of the symptoms. Um, and that led her to go through a whole heap of other journeys with specialists and allergists, etc never really asked my help but I had jumped in with a whole heap of information and it's only sort of 20 years on she's come back and she said you know how you told me about that candida it's come up a few times I think you were right so it's trying to find that that was a time when I wasn't needed I was sort of offered information and then you know they sort of step back from it so it is trying to find that happy yes happy medium yeah absolutely and I wonder for you and maybe even for clients what sorts of whispers do you start to hear maybe in your mind but also physical symptoms when you know that it's time I really need to invest some time in self-care for me it's muscular okay so um, when I had my children one day I found I I leant over to tie my shoes up and couldn't get up and I'm thinking oh this this had never happened before so my Mm -hmm. back went into a spasm and that was sort of the first inkling that oh I must be a little bit tense that happened two or three times uh, when my children were young where my back went into a spasm and at one point um quite chronically so I actually had to be (laughs) lifted out of a toilet block Mm. put into a car and then sort of carried in home which I stayed on my back for about a week at that point Mm -hmm. so I know that if I'm doing too much I get tense and I'm not watching my posture and I'm not watching you know how I carry myself that 
I can get myself into a situation where I'm spasming. Mm. You know, I've learned, you know, pretty much to manage that. But it's also been my greatest lessons Mm -hmm. because the times where I've actually landed and literally been on my back are the times where I've reevaluated what's going on in my life. So those little, you know, like you say, those little niggles, Mm -hmm. those little whispers Mm -hmm. are saying, careful yes (laughs) you know yes this is something perhaps you shouldn't be doing or too much and one day I had been organizing a garage sale and I was racing around in the morning and at that stage of my life I was trying to make ends meet and I did garage sales a bit and I went for a slider across the veranda in the early morning dew across the and and again ended on my back and I'm thinking why it was that good questioning why have I landed here again and that moment in time was life-changing I put some things into place that Mm -hmm. changed how I Mm. did that Mm. so as a result being aware that I do if I'm not living my authentic self and being you know self-care that it will kind of be Mm. muscular tension and the other thing is the other whisper it's not a whisper for everybody else is irritability Uh and I get I get a bit moody and that tells me that I'm burning the candle at Mm. both ends because I can stay up all night like I do art at night and I do you know research at night and I can keep on going keep on going and people around me say you just keep on going keep on going and then there's a, a moment you think, oh, I just reacted a bit there. Yes. So that's my other little. Yeah. So with your muscular, your muscular whispers, sometimes if you're not listening to those whispers, they become quite loud shouts. And it's in those moments when your body's not letting you do anything else that mm. that epiphany comes. Yes, and for sure. You're able Definitely. to make those changes. Yeah. So I wonder what are some of the barriers for you that that get in the way of regularly implementing self-care um procrastination is one yeah um and again I think that comes from being tired I think when you push 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 and then you find yourself not being able to it's and you're sort of avoiding what you're meant to be doing I think that does come from just not taking time out Mm. to rest and and rethink because once you do and your mind gets clear and you feel ready to go that's one thing Mm. um the other one too I think as much as part of my self-care is boundary setting is there's times when as much as I implement that the people around me are pushing back and um, I find that that can become um, exhausting and I can find myself having to put out fires on all sides at time which is something that's not really for me to do but Mm. there's no one else around perhaps Mm -hmm. to do it and Mm. um, so that can also pull on my energy Mm. and my time and my ability to function properly Mm. and and I guess to 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 step back and go it's actually me that needs this care before I start trying to put out any of these fires yeah and it is also what we were saying at the beginning is trying to find that balance between um when you're needed and when you're not yes because you know especially with family you can jump in and and be the one to to care and keep Mm -hmm. caring and keep caring without realizing that it is actually 
you know, you you do need your own time back. And, mm. you know, as a as a mother, you can, you mm. know, with your kids, people, you know, you can tend to do that a lot. Mm. And there's all those expectations around that too where, you know, if, you've, if you're in that role, then there's expectations from those around you that even if you aren't in the best state to be providing that care, that's what you've always done. Yes, exactly. And so you're going yes. to sort out whether or not you've got those whispers in your ear going, you yes. need to stop. yes. There's people coming at you. Yeah, yeah and people, <laughs> when they are in a state of need, they they don't see any of that. No. It's like, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm wondering, Sue, what sorts of rituals and routines, we've talked a little bit about the movement because that's um, a way that your body talks to you in terms of the muscular state. What sorts of routines and rituals do you tend to weave into your days in terms of bringing the herbs and the plants in? Okay, um, well, I do the the self care with the kind of exercise, etc. Mm. Um, I would bring the plants in for me as far as my own plant medicine. Mm. Do you think? Mm. Um, yeah, if if I feel that I need something specific, I will make sure I'm taking a supplement or mixing myself a tonic that addresses those mm. needs. Mm. Um, you know. Quite often, I'll just mix up myself a, a kind of like a herbal vitamin mineral mix, yes. just to sort of have that as my background, just yeah. to have that in my day. Mm. Um, uh, it depends, sort of, what's going on, but there'll definitely be herbs, um, and you know, like I, I keep up supplementation too, of you know, like the the minerals, mm. zinc, vitamin D, mm. vitamin C, that kind of thing mm. as well. Mm. Um, and I think too. Obviously, with plants in my life, um, I use them every day in my skincare. Yes, <laughs> and let's let's talk about that. Yeah, You've yeah. got that beautiful sappho range. So yeah. let's talk about how because that's only recently birthed. Yes, let's, let's start with how that began. Okay, well that began um, during COVID actually because I was doing lots of walking. I was walking more than I usually walk. I was walking, you know, two or three beaches and thinking, you know, like. Um, I had been doing some teaching then, so teaching was online, and I'm thinking, how can I do some things like this online? And when I had my dispensary in Bangalore, obviously I made a lot of therapeutic creams mm-hmm. and oils and things, and every now and again someone would say, can you make me, and it would be something, you know, a face cream or, or something thereabouts. So I went off and did some training in skincare in Sydney just to sort of so that I'd have that extra ability in my dispensary to be able to have a, a lot more knowledge about what what I what was and wasn't suitable mm-hmm. for people um, you know I had all the background about the herbs etc and if they you know would be for sensitive or allergies or that sort of thing but to get to that nitty-gritty of how to completely nourish a skin that was also inflamed or mm-hmm. a person that had acne but also there were other you know problems so mm-hmm. how do you kind of do that balance as well so I started to do that in my dispensary but apart from one or two you know people that I was still kind of sending those off to I thought oh, I'm gonna sort of experiment with this and it was partly because I just love being in my dispensary yes. mixing and yes. making and experimenting and so I started out with um a cream and I think it was partly all for my own self as well to be able to create a cream that as I'm aging mm-hmm. that was going to support you know my skin and not be full of toxins and nasties and all the things that I didn't want in in you know into my skin so I started experimenting and you know giving little pots of things to to friends and neighbors and getting some feedback and I eventually put together 
my first face cream, which is a kind of, um, it's to help regenerate the skins and to sort of to help to nourish and nurture and but build. So the, the cream itself is more very much in that kind of collagen, elastin building mm -hmm. kind of mode with um, kind of really good ingredients that will help facilitate the growth and repair but at the same time other nutrients that are going to offer um, you know the correct vitamins and minerals for that to happen and then all those essential oils and seed oils to complement my herbs mm. and then some super powders like of course we you know we hear a lot about hyaluronic acid and um I uh, use glu uh, um, beta-glucan and some of those things which I source naturally. I don't use natural versions of things. And then also that helps kind of boost mm. that. And that led me to do some other things like some oil serums, which I'm loving. So mm. I've got um, a cleanser now, but I've also got um, a gel serum and an oil serum, which are sort of geared for different skin types, mm -hmm. an eye one. But some of them do more than then more than just skincare. They actually do other things. But mm -hmm. I, I sort of recommend those to people kind of individually. When yeah. They Tell us about some of those other other background things that are happening. Um, as far as some of the, the yeah, oils and things. Yeah. Well, say for example the um, the eye cream. You know, you're doing it to sort of prevent, um, you know lines and wrinkles and things but it's also preventing pigmentation it's mm -hmm. also preventing um uh, dark circles it's mm. um and some of the um the oils for example the oil serum is about balancing skin so if you've got a dry skin oh uh, sorry an oily skin and people tend to use like a facial wash and um you know like that feeling of tightness and then probably a some kind of a, a a toner and everything gets all tight and tight what your skin will do in that is then kind of burst into an oily state in order to try and rebalance again so the good thing about oils is they get down deep they nourish they don't destroy the natural oil barrier mm. of the skin and so you can clean and shine the skin and that just in mm. itself is, is a nice action mm. as well but mm. the more I'm using them and the more I'm making them the more excited I get yes. because I've got one at the moment that um it's not of that range but I just made for um a, a, a more of an eczema psoriasis one that I made for a person the other day and it accidentally got on my finger and I licked it and went oh my god that's delicious <laughs> and so I think that's the sign yes. of a good cream is yes. you can you can lick them off yeah, you know yeah and um yeah, yeah absolutely can you tell us a little bit about um some of the botanicals that go into that range uh yes so some of the um you mean herbally yeah yeah okay so for example I won't give too much away no this, but no <laughs> just a few little snippets <laughs> for example you would know um when we use gotcha cola yes why would you use it? Use it. I would use it for its beautiful skin regenerative properties. Yes. So yes. it's an adrenal herb when we use that, obviously. But we do when we use it, it's going to be so good. I mean, we know it's a kidney herb too. Yeah. But it does really, really restore the skin. So I've only ever used it internally. Mm -hmm. But um, some of those, um, you know, properties are fantastic mm. externally. Something like licorice. Mm -hmm is fantastic on scarring yes like i've used it internally for people that have got scarring yeah um but then yeah externally yeah. help to help and that. why is licorice so good for healing skin 
high cortisone content mm. and fat love licorice mm. and that that's, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love explaining that to people that we have this natural herb here that's doing a very similar thing to that cortisone. cortisol cream yeah. that yeah. you're using that's, you know, damaging your skin yeah. while also providing relief. And a lot of our herbs will have anti-inflammatory yes. actions yes. and they'll have, um, you know, soothing, they'll... You know, and they'll, we've even got herbs too that can help with pain. So that's why therapeutically mm. as well, we use them externally mm. as well as internally as well. Mm. Um, and also there's some herbs that have a slightly, um, like wild yam. Uh-huh. I can use that again. We use that a lot in menopausal mixes mm-hmm. because it's got that slightly um, proge- progesterone enhancing quality. Mm. But that's also quite balancing in yes. a, a women's face, face cream <gasps> as well. So okay. that's got some nice quality. So... Yeah, and when it comes to the oils, um, more than the botanical, like obviously they're still botanical. So, yeah, yeah. one of my favourite oils is rose hips, and I think mm-hmm. that's because the very first tincture I ever made was a rose hip tincture. You know, when we were doing yeah. you know experiment, and it was so beautiful, and yes. it was red and powerful, and it was like, oh my god, this is beautiful. And so, you know, when when you're sort of looking at all the qualities of oils, and you think, oh my god, yes. rose hips, yes. so high in vitamin C. Yes. And when I'm looking at collagen boosting and those things, you think, well, you can't really boost collagen if you, if you put the peptides in, which you can through your collagen. But if you haven't got something that's vitamin C rich mm. or zinc or um, selenium or any of those things then it, then you're not actually going to help mm. the action so you're finding the oils that will also do yeah. those as well yeah how beautiful so you know you've got those lovely tools in your liquid herbs that you can reach for at times when you're feeling that need for self-care but also those beautiful botanicals in the in the in the um topicals and your beautiful cream and the sappho range that you're using in weaving into your self-care um daily by putting them on your skin yeah and the other thing too with self-care some beautiful things like as far as herbs nothing like dried herbs or um herbs that have been kind of um put into oils to to Mm. sort of infuse them that can be added to baths or massage oils and things for self-care yes Yes. like facial steaming all those sorts of things yeah the the one thing i love um again promoting my products but um recently put out the um cleansing oil and i hadn't really known a lot about cleansing oils up until about 18 months ago Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to put out a foaming cleanser Mm -hmm. i didn't like some of the we do have um herbs that do have kind of like a a soapy saponins that have like a soapy quality but it didn't quite do what i need them to do and then i discovered the oil so in the morning i put about 10 drops in my palm and massage the very first thing i do when i get up is massage that oil Mm -hmm. into my skin and then put a warm face cloth over Ah. and it's almost meditative yes it's like oh yes. I just go into that moment yes. that in the moment yes. and then kind of give myself gather start the day and then do mm. the rest of it that's nice too you mm. just feel it's almost like that same ritual of having a cup of tea where it slows you down you're not 
getting up running to start the day you're having that beautiful topical and the warmth and mm. taking a breath and starting the day slowly yeah mm. and, and talking of which Jess I yes. mean when I'm in my dispensary all day I yes. do have my little herbal teas yes. on the so we've spoken about some lovely ways that you weave self-care into your days using plants and I think that the listeners can really take that away too that it doesn't necessarily have to be the things just the things that you're taking internally like yes a cup of herbal tea is beautiful but there's other ways in terms of what you're putting onto your body and the way that you know making that a bit of a ritual and and a bit of um, adding in some love to your body and speaking to your body nicely um, in that way as well and I was wondering we've spoken a little bit about um, the muscular side of things and how when you're able to you're feeling um, better in your body physically but I was wondering um, what other sorts of benefits you start to feel in your body and your mind and your spirit when that self-care is at the fore regularly I think once you really start to put some of those things into place but say particularly you decide say it's your back and you think look I need to give myself either an anti-inflammatory mix or um, an antispasmodic whatever it is once you start to decide that you're going to have that mix it's like that moment of empowerment and I think that's the same with a lot of things you've made the decision that you're going to turn this around so as much as the herbs are doing it Your focus, like the the action of taking those herbs, mm-hmm. you're focused. You're in the moment. The intention yes. is in that, yeah. and that then starts that process yes, of the change. Ripple, the ripples flow. Ripple effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I love, I love that idea of the intention. You know, you're you're including intention in whatever form of self care that you're investing in, and it's that moment as soon as you make that decision that mindset can change and yep. you, you flow into that receiving state yes definitely when, when as carers we're often everything's flowing out we're giving we're giving we're giving and the interesting thing is you know like you might make I might make myself up at like 100 mils or whatever it is to last the week and then by halfway through the week I might be feeling so much better yes the intention then yes. has to be to, to keep on going because right. once you start to feel better yes. you can kind of let some of those things yes, slip. So yes. Yeah. To, yeah. To and I think that's a really big thing with our clients too. As you said, it's very common when somebody starts to feel the effects of that intention and, and maybe the beginnings of that habit and they feel so much better that they think, I'm okay now. I don't need to continue with mm, this. Definitely. Yeah. So it's. I think it's really important to verbalise what you just mentioned that the intention needs to continue for that investment to be ongoing and the thing too I think where it comes what that can come down to as well in in managing how a client moves forward is that okay you're starting to feel better well maybe we take the dose down yes. and then you know you'll see how much you're managing we can support you with a lower mm. dose at that time mm-hmm. and keep on going mm. and then if you're still good you yes. know we'll, we'll yeah. wean it out yeah. definitely kind of keeping that support going yes. yes pulling it back to the bare bones as they mm. start to feel those mm. those nice changes so Sue do you have one special ritual or routine using herbs that or a recipe or or something that you'd like to share um, for self-care look I think we've probably talked about this in the past but from my training we sort of we came from a, a very old school training back in the day so we were making 
tinctures that were one in eights and one in fives. So that's, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, usually plant extracts are in a concentration of about a one to two. So they're really quite physical. Yes. So uh, a herbal tincture that was sort of, um, you know, less concentrated was still a basis for a physical mix. And so this is probably my favourite recipe to use in that you start out with about five herbs so you've done your consultation you know what a person wants maybe you're sort of doing a Mm self-care and you're giving somebody five things like passiflora and oats and Mm -hmm. skullcap and um, magnolia whatever it is you've got five and then because it's already um, less of a concentrated menstruum we were taught you could put the bark flowers yes. into that as well. So yes. you might then, you've got the physical covered, you add in the emotional, mm. um, and, you know, um, say, for example, in that mix I'd put in motherwort because the person was anxious but still had some, you know, heart palpitations. Mm. So, so you've got one thing happening physically, you're supporting that emotionally with the bark flowers. Mm. And then the last thing is a trigger dose. Yes. I used to talk about this at yes. uni. Yes. People say, what's those? So the trigger dose is just using 1 to 12 drops of either a herb or an oil. It's usually a herb. And sometimes it can be a herb that you would not use in a high concentration mm. or that's been scheduled for example we used to be able to use pask flower which is Mm. pulsatilla you Mm. can't use that in a high dose it's Mm. irritant but you can use one or two drops of it but say in that mix i could use 12 drops of nettle yes and nettle you have to be careful of in blood pressure because it can drive blood pressure so you don't want too much in somebody who's already having heart issues Mm. so you may put 12 drops which might light the fire but not boost the blood pressure back up so you're doing and that's what we call a chakra dose it's almost giving them that kind of energy from that base chakra Mm. up so it's an energetic mix Mm. and as much as I don't use those all the time now um, they are my favorite thing to use because they are so wholesome and they're so powerful Mm. I love that you know it's not just the physical aspect of the person in front of you you're looking at the the emotional and the mental and it's all there and and it's also taking a bit of the you must take this and this and this everything's all there in one bottle Mm. for someone who may already be feeling a little bit elevated and adding lots of things in might be just too much having everything in all together where they just take it in one nice Mm. little dose and it's yeah just covering so many bases and over time i learned that it's not a one fit one size fits all um, I, we used to have this discussion at uni about yes. dosaging and they'd say, but you use drop... And and again, you'd use drop dosaging, mm. like 15 drops mm. in a small amount. So it was almost like a herbal homeopathic. Yes. Um, and people say, well, how does that work? How does mm. that work? And so, you know, we'd have the people who'd fun, followed like a Dennis Stewart line of yes. um, five mils TDS yes. as one thing, but then how does this drop doses work? And my argument was the people who are ultimately really sensitive people yes respond really well to that kind of dosaging children yes really well um those with allergies there's so many people that may suit that better Mm. than a full physical dose Mm. so it's again it's about suiting the Mm. mix to the person that kind of thing i remember loving the way that you used iridology to help 
you make your decision around dosage and, and the different constitutional types. I found that fascinating. Yeah, so um, obviously with iridology, we sort of look at those constitutions that um, are people that their physicality is really strong, really resilient and a really good fight back. So you can give those sorts of people really high doses of herbs and yet the more open structure the fibres become, the more sensitive a person mm. becomes to the point where there's a um, a one iridology constitution which is so open the fibers are so open they're almost too open mm. they take everything on almost mm-hmm. spiritually as well so yes. those people you've got to be very gentle yes. with um, yes. and again you can really um, you know um, you can make a person more uncomfortable if you try to give them a high dose in mm. that sort of situation mm. so it's all, all about mm. you know meeting the need yeah I, I love that idea and I agree, you know, for some people uh, a really high dose is almost like bashing up against a brick wall or pushing them over into a, a, you know, pushing them beyond a state that you don't want them to be in. So, you know, having that extra layer of knowledge around how to dose is wonderful. Yeah. And I had a client last week who was completely non-compliant. She said, I don't like the taste of herbs. I will never take them. I said, okay, and I was thinking later, hmm, maybe we can sort of get around that if we need to and another I can remember another client many years ago who was so sensitive that we couldn't really work out what what was needed really um bad Crohn's picture Mm -hmm. and I started off with one drop and we built yes and we built and I think we got to about 30 drop which is just a mil Mm. and we got to a point where that dosage was really helping Mm -hmm. so it was just Mm. and but building as well just Mm. to make sure Mm. I love explaining to people too around the lower doses about how it requires a little bit more of them and how they need to tune into how these mixes are making them feel rather than just be taking that without any sense of mindfulness you know rather than just encouraging them to throw back a dose and and let the herbs work their magic asking something of them as in you know what are you feeling what shifts they may not be really um obvious but you'll be feeling subtle shifts and encouraging them to participate Mm. in that and it's funny you should say that because one of the other things i can remember many years ago being um amazed by the photography of dr emoto where he talks about the crystals in water so that um, an emo- emotional intent over a body of liquid can change the stru- the crystal structure mm-hmm. of that liquid and that really made me think after that mm. I'm thinking so the, the person in that particular documentary was um, giving herself self care by <sighs> self love by sitting in a bath and <sighs> saying this will kind of because we're what 70% water whatever yes. it is so just thinking that I was thinking when I've been doing my herbs and dispensing them and putting you know about flowers in I'm saying to my clients this is really good for you I explain mostly why yes. they're using the herbs but why it's so good for them yes. and I just want to just um, really build that intent that we talked about before yes. and get them on board with that as well so my intention is their intention yes. in that liquid yes and you just see next level change when that investment is there I think rather than separating like you know the model is often separate the person from the medicine you take the medicine the medicine does this you are participating in this yes you know there's an intention there from the outset and you are noticing and you're responding and yeah yeah 
I think it's really important. Yeah, I've got some uh, some people, you know, I'll suggest that they get a mix made, and they'll say, "Oh no, no, you know, we'll get you, we'll get you to make it," sort of thing, because you, you know that you're sort of you've got that already got that uh, rapport, but also that um, intention that you do put in for yourself. Yes, I think. yes, absolutely. The intention of the practitioner and the intention of the the client is all woven in this beautiful web of, of how it all feels. I know this next question is going to make you feel like I'm asking you to choose a favourite child, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm wondering, Sue, what plant do you have the deepest connection with and why? That is like that is like choosing a child. Because I must admit, I've, I've had favourites and I'm my very first favourite was golden seal now if you know golden seal is a, a an amazing antibacterial antifungal herb it's um a great bitter it's so digestive and it just has so many uses and when i went to live in the northern rivers i was going to grow it i had no idea of the situation it needed to grow in i yes. was kind of realized that i was not really well informed <laughs> um and so some of my herbs change over time and i do take ones off the off the shelf and think oh I haven't seen you for a while old friend (laughs) old friend but I think at the moment because I'm dispensing this one a lot Uh is motherwort okay I love motherwort because um, motherwort if you sort of break it down is mother worry yes well wart is worry so it's for women who pretty much worry too much but where that anxiety state can then start to impact on the cardiovascular system so that people end up possibly having heart palpitations mm. and that kind of thing. So I love that, uh, that it's a, a beautiful anti-anxiolytic, but it also yes. then helps that cardio protective. Mm. And I, I love that. And it's just also, it's very balancing hormonally yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it's uh, Leonorus cardiaca. Cardiaca. Yeah. And it's yes. so Leonorus in itself is the Greek word for a lion, yes. you know, bring back that. Lion heart. But yes. 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 So, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so that would have to be my favourite at the moment. It's a, it's a beautiful herb. Yeah, I love its affinity for the heart. I love that it's motherwort, but it's actually really lovely for women in all stages yes. of their lives. Yes. And as you said, I'm really enjoying starting to get down into the secondary and tertiary actions of the herbs and how, you know, we can do so much with that one herb. You know, you've got that favourite and probably she's a favourite because she does have such a wide action. You know, she's got that beautiful heart affinity in the nervous system. But as you said, she's got that beautiful hormone balancing action too. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, you talk about iridology before. I love it when I can sort of see a constitutional type and you can see... A variety of priorities that you need to cover and you go one herb mm-hmm. you know like we were talking gotcha cola before yes. you know thinking oh this person has a kidney eye um they're not you know they've got a scur for him so it's not transferring through skin they're adrenally fraught mm-hmm. da, 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 da. one herb isn't it amazing <laughs> isn't it amazing you know um, we spend a lot of time worrying about the breadth of our dispensary. I'm finding the more that I learn about herbs, I've been reading a little bit of Saja Poppins, the evolutionary herbalist no, um, I work. He, yeah. he, I read one of his um, Materia Medicas on Calendula the other day and just the depth that you can do with that one, one herb. I know. Isn't it beautiful? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I've always thought of Calendula as a beautiful skin herb. I grow Calendula. I make a balm from Calendula. But it is just 
amazing for immune system it's a lymphatic it can be great for hormonal balance it it's just, yeah, really amazing. What have you brought to the table here, Sue? What have you got there? So this year I grew so many calendulas and my lovely friend that I used to work for, Trish, is now living here too. So we went in cahoots and uh, she she infused it while I collected the flowers. I'm just trying to think. I'll put this on you. Have you yes. Show me the colour. Sue's tipping just... a little portion of her calendula. Oh, if you could see this colour, it is golden all of the magic of those beautiful beautiful? golden blooms just infused in that oil and you can feel it your skin is drinking it it is (laughs) lovely it's just completely stunning yes yes and that's how i've always really loved to use calendula as a beautiful skin herb but um as saja's teachings have shown me there's just so many different secondary actions that mean that you can use calendula and motherwort for so many other things i just Mm. love learning more and getting deeper into the knowledge of the herbs and feeling more confident that yeah my my dispensary doesn't have to be as broad as i originally thought because i can get to know these herbs really well and i love the sustainability side of that too and it's funny you know sometimes um where the herbs become known for particular actions yes i can remember when i started to work in lismore um sage was used in menopausal mixes and i was astounded i couldn't i was like oh i didn't learn that and i said well why would you use sage i learned sage as the number one brain herb there you go it was about because so the sage yes. is about wisdom, yes. and so we know that sage is great for you know that peripheral circulatory stuff. Yes. But it was more so again, you know, yes. we can come from different trainings and different um, yes. idea, not ideas, but all of these things have been used in time. But you mm. know, then one will get a particular use because it's so efficient in that use, and yes. then we might not yes. remember or use gets it for lost. the other use. It gets yeah, lost. Yeah, I've been loving recently. I got my first copy of Greaves. Oh, beautiful. And I've just been, as you said, you know, a lot of those actions that were traditional uses of the herbs have been lost. So I I find I've been picking her up every day and looking, oh, wow, I didn't know that about that herb. And, you know, obviously it's been used for centuries for that, but it's somewhere along the way. Our vision is tunnelled and this herb has been known as Mm. this particular thing, but it has such a wider action and a deeper history. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting. Have you got anything else, Sue, that you wanted to add before we close up? We will um, include all of the information about the beautiful Sappho range and your offerings in the show notes so that people can find you. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? Not really, Jess, but thank you so much for your time and um, energy and your... You're just always so exuberant and lovely to have a conversation with. So thank you for for having a little chat with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I have really enjoyed it too, Sue. I'm so glad you tuned into this episode of Self Care with Herbs, a segment of the Elder Tree podcast. The Elder Tree is a non-profit dedicated to empowering people through grassroots herbal education and earth skills, weaving a strong community of herbalists, healers and plant folk in Australia. The Elder Tree is in the beginning stages of creating a grassroots herbal education centre and healing sanctuary on the Atherton Tablelands, Far North Queensland. You can head over to theeldertree.org to find out more 
and follow the journey on Instagram and Facebook. You can also donate to The Elder Tree via our podcast channel on Anchor or via the website. If you liked the episode, we'd love you to subscribe. And if you know who we should interview next, drop us a line. I hope you found something in this episode that has inspired you to begin to lean into those plant allies and to experience your practice of self-care blossoming and blooming. I look forward to sharing more ways you can weave plant medicine into your days next month.